Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Breaking news, the Standing Brothers breaking news alert. The New York Times has reported Russia will be invading any time now. So it is time for all Americans to take up arms and defend the great sovereign U.S. state of Ukraine. <laughs> this is our call of duty. This is our D-Day. This is our moment. I'm challenging everyone. Take up arms. Join us. Join all of us. Welcome, everybody, Standing Brothers Show, and no, that was not a joke. That is a real headline that I did read from the New York Times, everybody. Russia, any minute now, will be taking over the great sovereign country of the Ukraine. Be afraid. Stay alert. Be afraid. Um, I, I, was, I watched uh, something the other day about this, and uh, this kid was asking, uh, a, like, like Matt Walsh, a conservative speaker, about Ukraine. And he said, isn't it, isn't it our Christian duty as Christians to protect countries that may not be able to protect themselves? And he said, Matt was like, well, you can't apply that, that <clears throat> thinking to a whole country. Because if you've got people who are unwilling to protect themselves, then uh, where does it say that Americans have to go and do it in their defense? So if, if everyone, if, if, if. If NATO and the European countries in, in Ukraine were so convinced that uh, there was going to be problems uh, with, uh, you know, Russia going into Ukraine, you think they would start arming themselves? I mean, Germany's got a lot of money. Uh, so does so France has got a lot of money. So if they were really concerned about it, you'd think that France and Germany would start to mobilize troops. Even NATO would start to mobilize troops if they thought this was really about to go down. But they're not doing it. So it kind of means maybe there's nothing to worry about. So I was watching this thing yesterday, and um, I was watching CNN because I hate myself just in the morning before I had to leave. And um, they had a, a correspondent in the, the, um, the capital city of Ukraine. It was like 30 miles away from, or in some major city, like 30 miles away from the border. And people are just walking around like, you know, yeah, whatever, not a, not a big deal. And the and the reporter's like, this is serious business. People need to be evacuating immediately. And everyone's well, just what, like, that's what the State Department out. keeps saying is that all Americans in Ukraine need to evacuate. Why? Because did you not hear the intro with the, with the little drums? Russia's coming in. They're going to take over, Joe. It's oh, it, Joseph. And then, and then once they take over Ukraine, they're going to Germany. They're going to Poland. And then, you know, you know, instead of. Instead of drinking um, Guinness in Ireland, they're gonna be serving vodka everywhere because they're, they're gonna be speaking Russian. They're gonna be Dusseldorf. speaking Russian in Dusseldorf. Okay, <laughs> so I I don't. It seems like with all this buildup and all this hype, if nothing happens, a lot of people are gonna be kind of disappointed. As weird and as sad it is to say that, I think it's absolutely true that if <clears throat> nothing happens, a lot of people will be disappointed. All the um, hype for nothing. All this hype for nothing. Uh, 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 Tucker had on Tulsi Gabbard the other night. I think it was Friday night. I think I think it was Friday night. Um, and she and she was she ex said exactly what we're saying is that this whole thing is nonsense. This is nothing. It has nothing to do with the United States with us, and the 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 antagonization of uh, from the Biden administration 
um, is has just been awful. It's 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 unnecessary. It's not needed. Um, I, I I you know it's as funny as it is. I would much rather the Biden administration hand out free crack pipes than <laughs> than get into a conflict with the Ukraine. Um, now the, the whole the reason why they're handing out free crack pipes is because you know racial equality because you know for far too long this country only white people have ha- have, have had access to inexpensive to, to the best crack pipes <laughs> so black people across America have been having to use broken beer bottles I mean we just can't have that if you're gonna do crack you're gonna do it right you gotta do it right if um, you're, if you're gonna kill yourself by golly you, you're gonna do it right that's right um, so I, I would much rather the Biden administration hand out free crack pipes. Then get into some kind of conflict or brouhaha. But Joe, but Joe, here's the issue with with, the, with that with that logic. Biden said Biden told Putin Saturday on the on the phone that if he invades, there'll be stiff consequences. He's he's shooting straight with him. I'm a straight shooter. He's a straight shooter. Okay, Biden is serious. He said, "Hey, if there should be severe and swift consequences if you and oh if you if you cross that line, oh you, you're gonna get it." <clears throat> And what is it exactly? <clears throat> you know, of course, Biden's also said that, you know, we're not sending U.S. troops in. Okay, well, then, then, then what are these severe and swift consequences? Well, it's going to be like some kind of sanctions. But Russia has already been sanctioned <laughs> num- numerous times. So what else is there to sanction? You're going to sanction their crack pipes, too? I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing left to sanction. Biden's like, we're now proposing a, um, a sh- sanction on, um, yeah, uh, well... You know, um, what am I talking about? Corn Pop was a bad guy. Corn Pop was one bad dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> I honestly, if I, if I could interview Biden, that's the one question I'd ask him. Like, it's like what, what happened? What, what, whatever happened to Corn Pop? He's a bad dude. <laughs> he was one bad dude, you know one that? Bad dude. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with all this. Um, you know, they... If you watch the mainstream media or you read the New York Times, you would have you would you would be led to believe that Putin is just sitting there at the phone ready. He's just sitting there twitching, ready ready to make the call. And it, he, for whatever reason, he just keeps delaying this in, this inevitable um, um, invasion. Which, um, if he were to invade, and there were to be. Um, Uses of troops from from NATO, and I don't know, I don't know how how that doesn't cause a a third world war, especially if the U.S. gets involved. And I don't know how how is Biden going to hold Putin accountable without using U.S. troops whenever they've already, as we said, been sanctioned to death already. You know, there's already restrictions of of almost every kind put on Russia. I don't I don't I, don't, well, I just don't know. Like the lady who isn't real said that the consequences will be severe. <clears throat> okay, but what are what are these consequences? What what are you gonna do? Like, are you going to assassinate Putin? Are you going to take out the the, Krem- the people that work in the Kremlin? Maybe Putin is corn pop. Maybe maybe he is maybe, corn maybe pop. He, hey, man, he was one bad dude. Well, it could be true, but I just, you know, of course, they'll never tell you what exactly they are because, you know, we got to have the element of surprise. It's like, okay, whatever. We cannot, we cannot compromise our methods in secrets. We cannot compromise our, our sources and methods, Joseph. Right. But I, I can guarantee that even if uh, this does happen, that it'll be like, oh, well, that was it. Oh, that's okay. That's that's nothing. And then when and then when they sh- when then whenever when the world sees the weakness of the Biden administration's so-called response, uh, everyone will be like, oh, well, they don't really mean business, so <laughs> move it in. It's not really that big of a deal. Yeah, perhaps, maybe. 
I don't know. Who um, knows? I don't. Yeah, but so that's 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 the Russia situation. I know that um, that Biden was on with um, Lester Holt, and you know this 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 very intense interview. And um, I always find these interviews funny because they're always in like the backdrop of the most random place ever. Like this one was in like a, a like in a um, elementary school room, like oh, classroom, yeah. and I'm like, you. Did you, do you guys, like, charter this school out? Well, because you know that Biden supports the teachers, Jacob. Well, yes, he's a big teacher supporter. He loves the teachers. Okay, okay, no one loves the teachers more than Biden, okay? No one loves them more. Oh, we can't say this is Trump. Sorry, no one loves them more than Trump. <laughs> it's just weird, like, they're just sitting on whatever those, like, foam tiles are, and they're just sitting there talking about, hey, you know, World War Three could possibly happen. But, of course, you know, Come I on, have man. the good enough judgment. Come on, man, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't send in U.S. troops to cause World War Three. What are you talking about? I wouldn't. Know. I wouldn't do that. Come on, man. Look here, fat. I mean, Lester. <laughs> Come on, man. So you know, if you want to go by that, then hey, Jacob, you're you're just overreacting about uh, about U.S. troops being sent over there, um, and perhaps we are. I've always held. I've always held uh, on this topic that I could be wrong, hundred percent, but. I've also never made a prediction on all this either. So, I've only stated the facts and I've only stated the consequences of said facts. I've always said, I don't know what's going to happen. For all I know, nothing could happen. Which is probably what the best thing for everybody would happen. You know, best thing that happened is everyone just kind of um, looks at themselves and says, Hey, well, what the heck are we doing? Is this important? No, let's, let's all go home. Because honestly, frankly, it's kind of stupid. You know what they should do is that uh, Anthony Blinken and, and Biden should go over to Russia to the, and meet with we meet with Putin and uh, Sergey Lavrov or whoever, and bring a big old bucket of fried chicken. Get a get a bucket of KFC. Get a bucket of KFC and all a peace the, offering and all they'll the, break chicken over and it. all the fixins and let them break uh break peace over the breaded uh chicken fried chicken. That's what they yeah, should. Yeah, I I would not be opposed to that. I think that's a you know they can just. What I'll do is that it'll just, just hand the chick. They'll be on like, it'll be on the, on the border of Ukraine and Russia, and they'll all roll up in like their tanks. Yeah, and they'll get out, and then Blinken will, Biden will hold the chicken out, yeah. and Putin will scoff at them, and then and then like, he'll break characters and be like, "Oh, come on over here, guys, come on." <laughs> and then Biden also has his, in his other hand a homemade baked pie. Yes, from Doctor Jill Biden. Doctor Jill Biden. Doctor Jill. <laughs> Doctor Jill. He's like, "Hey, there, um, Vlad. This is um." My wife, Doctor Doctor Jill Biden. Yeah. Hillary was gonna send cookies, but she was busy. Doctor First Lady Jill Biden <laughs> send this. <laughs> I can never get over the the uh, Doctor Jill Biden jokes. Those are, if you don't know, what I'm talking about Michael Malice made a whole bunch of them, and they're just oh my gosh, so great. Uh, yeah, and I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I know that you know what solve world peace or what would cause world peace is, is more pie. If people ate more pie, there would be less time. Do they time. eat pie in Russia? Is that a common dessert? I don't care. But if more people ate <clears throat> uh, some kind of fruit pie or some kind of custard pie, like a pecan pie, or not pecan, like a, uh, pecan, a pumpkin pie or something like that, there would be less war in this world. You know, that's 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 that's, that's very, very possible. I would always like to imagine that they're on the border getting, getting ready to shoot at each other. And one U.S. soldier is like, guys, stop! And then he goes out to, he conveniently has like 
Asian record player and then just and then just puts on like ELO and everyone just like listens to the music and they drop their guns and everyone starts dancing and then like they just solve world peace with just ELO. No, no. So what what happens is on the battlefield before the fighting starts, you have a, you have a guy on a horse, and he and he's riding on his horse like Paul Revere did, uh, and he's going to the other side and, he, and in his saddle he has two freshly baked uh, apple pies. And he brings them to the other side. The logistics of that, I don't, I don't know how. Just <laughs> okay. That that's that's what, that's what that's what could have stopped the whole problem with the Taliban and uh, Osama bin Laden. Is that Osama bin Laden really just wanted a piece of an apple pie? We should have been drone striking pies, not missiles. You know, instead of dropping leaflets, drop pies. You should have dropped pies. May I? You know, chicken pies. You know, it'd been a lot cheaper. Been a lot cheaper, and you would have fixed that whole, you know, genocide in um, um, so Yemen if you just would have dropped some pies down from yep. manna from the sky. Maybe that maybe that's where it comes from. I don't know. So yeah, that's the whole Russia crap. Nothing really news going on other than people talking and saying things they don't really mean, and a lot of empty words. So that's pretty much all we're gonna have to talk about, unless something big comes out where Biden says, "Hey, Putin called." Putin said, you know, my buddy Trump will will, will be back in 2024 or something like that. I, I don't know. Wait, 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 boy, wouldn't that be something? He's like, you know, Biden, my friend Trump would be president <laughs> again. <laughs> I will make my, him president. My good friend, President Trump, will, be, will take your job. <laughs> you know, I will make him I, president. This time I'll make sure he gets president. <laughs> and then, hey, what are, you, what are you saying there, dude? Hey, what are you saying? You know another President Trump? <laughs> Wait, that, that's Obama. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm talking about? A, you can't talk to me like that, Putin. That's not very nice. You're beta sovereignty. Can't have that. I was wearing a tan suit, and the media t- freaked out about it. What's going on? You Where's know, Bo? you know, I drone strike a bunch of kids in the Middle East. Not a word. Wear a tan suit. People freak out. <laughs> <laughs> it's anyway. a weird media. Weird media we got here in America. How about you? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was. You're welcome. That's a completely unscheduled banter back and forth. uh, Continuing. So, remember how I was talking about how, um, how we are quickly reaching a point for the COVID narrative where if you're not jumping ship, um, you know, you're gonna be forever sealed to to that to that narrative, and you know the the rightful shaming and dunking will commence, and I'm not gonna defend you in like that. So where we are right now in that timeline, let's imagine that um, a baseball game is this timeline, nine innings. And the first inning was March 2020. Okay. First inning, you're up to bat, whatever. Well, right now, after this Johns Hopkins study, right now, um, we're winning. And we're the 98 Yankees. And you are... At the ninth inning, two outs, down by seven, and Mariana Rivera's into pitch. So it's not looking too great for you right now, okay? You're probably going to lose this game. And what I say by that is Johns Hopkins University, you know, Trump-loving, you know, racist, Nazi, practically a Hitler university, um, just anti-science and anti-max and anti-vaxation university, Johns Hopkins, uh, came out with a study which was a meta-analysis which looks at um, data and interprets the data based on multiple studies about lockdowns in this case and they, they and they concluded 
that the lockdowns um, actually provided no net positive benefits to saving lives or reducing hospitalization um, overrun or anything of the sort. So basically, they failed. Um, the number they came out to was they only saved like 0.02% of lives. So... <clears throat> Um, yeah, so there was, there was, yeah, John, Johns Hopkins said no evidence that lockdown, school closures, border closures, limiting gatherings had a noticeable effect on COVID-19 mortality. You had uh, tweets like Dave Smith has said, if we have lived in somewhat sane and responsible, if, if we lived in a somewhat sane and responsible society, the Johns Hopkins study showing that lockdowns did nothing to stop the virus would lead to mass resignations or likely criminal charges. The people who implemented lockdowns would never be able to be seen anywhere in public policy again dave smith was quoted in the newsweek article yeah cool so so you 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 can go read the uh the article the um study for yourself it's out there everywhere um i'm not going to refute the data because the data is rock solid it, people are like jacob it's pre-peer review you know i haven't i haven't heard anybody denying this now there are some there have some been some people there have some some critics of this because um, the because the the um, person who compiled this data was not a medical doctor but an economist. So you have to be a, a medical doctor to to compile data and do calculations to well, reach but, a, reach a that, conclusion. That doesn't even pass their own logic because they were willing to go with those so called three hundred doctors that were wanting to have Joe Rogan taken oh, off yeah. of Spotify. Oh yeah, not all of them were doctors. Oh yeah, so no. they were willing to take their word for it only when it suited them. Yeah, but now they won't take this this the this. For it. So, so no one is disputing the data. They're just disputing the way that it was compiled or the person that compiled the data. I don't like the format. I don't like the format. This is like <laughs> this is like getting a this is like reading this is like okay a flat earther reading a paper about how the Earth is not flat and being like I didn't like how I didn't like how he used twelve point font in this. There's some grammar issues. There are some grammar. <laughs> so, who just 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 think for a second. If you wanted to find someone credible or an institution that was credible to debunk this study, to, to try to just come out and completely deny this. Now, for the for again, for Johns Hopkins to publish anything in their journal, they're not just going to put their name on anything. Like, they're going to make sure that this stuff is legit before it actually goes out. This is how all these journals work. You're not going to be able to publish anything in a, in a, in a re re reputable science journal or medical journal without the organization being like, hey, they're going to put our name on this. Let's just let's just double check and make sure everything looks good. Take a glance. Let's just take a quick a quick glance. You know what? Let's just run this through, through so Grammarly real quick just to make sure there's no bugs anywhere. So... <laughs> Um, th this is a this is a Newsweek article I have here, and I, and I wanted to find the most ridiculous article uh, <laughs> to talk about this because like they're they're grasping for straws at everything. And the headline says, "Did a Johns Hopkins study prove prove in quotation marks that lockdowns don't work? What we know so far." And this came out on February seventh, so it's, you know it's, just, it's just, it's been a few days. But as you know, the show always behind the curve on news. Very so, timely. <laughs> very very timely. Um, it was titled. The article was was titled a lit a literature review and meta analysis on the effects of COVID nineteen um, mortality, and what it basically found is that it looked at twenty nine um, data points collected from September um, 
collected from September 1st, 2020, which looked at stay-at-home orders, compulsive mask wearing, you know, lockdowns, not able to go, you know, whatever the, the umbrella term of a lockdown means, you know, closing down businesses, shutting down concerts, sporting events, school closures, all, all of the above. And, you know, what it concluded is that there was there, there's no sign that that it provided any benefit. They, they, they can't draw a correlation between places that locked down and, pl and places that didn't lock down. And of course, you, you, know, you don't have to read this study to come to that conclusion as well. You can look at any U.S. state or any country. The, the fact that Florida is comparable to other, other states in America, and not that like Florida has the best numbers because they don't, but that, that was not the narrative. Their narrative was if you don't lock down, if you don't force people to wear a mask, then you're going to be overrun, out of control. Florida is not number one on any metric. So that by that definition, it destroys the narrative. It's gone. The, re, the, the, the very existence of the state of Florida destroys the lockdown narrative. Because if the lockdown narrative was true, Florida, Florida should be leading in every single category. But it doesn't. Because the lockdown narrative is stupid, anti-science, and anybody that follows it as, sorry, as such. I'm going to stop pulling punches on people who still who still defend this. Because, because as I said, you got Mariana Rivera in the pitch, you got one out and you're down by seven runs. It's not looking too great for you right now. So they try to bring in critics to dismantle this argument. And <laughs> the first... Um, the first man is a man by the name of Seth Flaxman. Now, I have no idea who, who this man is, but he's quoted saying, this study is flawed in numerous ways, and its, it, and it's, and its conclusions are wrong. Wow. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty bold statement. He says, there are important open questions about which public policy, public health measures are most effective at controlling the spread of COVID-19, but the authors did not engage in a good faith in the epidemiological literature. Wow. That's a pretty strong accusation. So You're using big words. Big, big words. So so where is this guy coming from? Seth Flaxman is an associate professor in the Department of Computer Science. So he's not even a medical doctor. Okay, so you, you complained about having an economist do the study, but you're going to pull up a, a computer scientist to, to debunk it. Gotcha. He, he, he works at the University of Oxford. Oxford. Okay, fine. I'm not wrong with Oxford. Okay, here we go. Who recently worked with the London Imperial College Department of Mathematics in School of Public Health model the spread of COVID-19. So what do I mean by that? Let's just let's just time travel back to the back to February 2020. The London Imperial College put out a model that was that that every western country followed. That if you don't lock down and you don't take these measures, COVID will kill millions. And I'm not talking about millions as like, hey, we're in 2022 and there's millions of people that died. No, we're talking like millions in a matter of weeks and months. Because they are going by a phony infection, a phony inf infected fatality rate of like 5% or something, some ridiculous fatality rate, which we know is not true. But the Imperial College is the reason why the world locked down. Their model and their data caused all of these countries to panic and to lock down. So you're going to bring and every metric of these people have been debunked thoroughly. They were wrong. The Imperial College model was wrong by every metric. So you're going to bring the person 
who, ooh, mm, you're going to bring the person whose complete data and science was debunked to debunk an article that's debunking his model. You see how stupid this is like, mm, okay, I have to keep going before I got to save my rage for, for, for later on this show, but I'm going to keep going. So later down this article, they, uh, they bring in an, another person from the Imperial College of London, um, a man by the name of Neil Ferguson. Now, if you don't remember Neil Ferguson, again, we're, we're going to time travel back to February and March of 2020. This is the man who went all, all, all the news, all the news networks saying that if we don't do this, this and this, this the virus will get out of control. There'll be millions and millions dead. They were they were predicting like two million deaths by summer of 2020, which never happened. And we're, and we're not even on a million yet. I'm still still waiting for that for that prediction to come true. It's not it's not looking too good for them. But what about Neil Ferguson that is so great? Not only was his model completely wrong, all of his data was completely refutable and thrown out and forgotten about. Um, this is the guy who broke his own quarantine and broke the lockdowns in the UK. He was having an affair and left his home, which was illegal at the time, and he got caught. And when he got caught, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal and try to brush it all away. So you're going to bring in Neil Ferguson, a man who's been publicly shamed for having an affair, breaking his own rules, breaking his own recommendations. And now you're going to bring him in, and now, and now, now Newsweek's going to bring him in to, 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 uh, to try to, to, to dis discredit a study that discredited all of his work do we do we not see the conflict of interest here do we do we not see this is like bringing in a snake oil salesman to debunk a a study debunking snake oil well you know you know you know they didn't do this and this and this in the study so it can't be trusted not 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 to mention the fact that this um, will once and for all um, completely um, destroy the credibility of the Imperial College of London and Neil Ferguson forever once it's completely peer-reviewed and everything like that, which is only a matter of time. And I am going to declare, once they peer-review this, I'm going to declare three outs in the ninth inning, game over. I'm, I'm being for real. Because, like, everybody knows about this article unless you unless you only watch CNN or MSNBC, which refuses to talk about that for some reason. You know that on CNN they're still running those stupid number number counters about vaccinated deaths and cases and stuff like that. They still just keep running it like it's no big deal. I find that hilarious. I I just I I don't know what else what what else do people need? What else what else do you need to hear? What else do you need to does someone else need to say uh to for this to just finally be over? What else what else is needed? Because, like, like Jacob said, we, we've got these uh, the the London Imperial College who per, was predicting mass graves, doom and gloom. They were predicting bar- mass graves in Central Park. That's what they were predicting, <clears throat> and so, it never happened. So if if we all see that didn't happen, and we all see that, okay, well, you know, Johns Hopkins. I mean, it's not like this is from you know the Daily Stormer or something. It's saying it had n- literally no effect. The lockdowns had no effect on the outcome of the virus. What else is needed? Like, 
why are you still holding on to this? Is it because you don't want to be wrong? I, I get that. You don't want to be wrong. You don't want people like me and Jacob to say, hey, you dummy. You, you caused, look at all this damage that you caused by continuing these lockdowns and whatever. If that's the case, then just, just let it go. Like, I, I, there, there have been so many times that I've had to admit that I've been wrong about stuff. But when you have been so wrong on this and it's caused so much damage, uh, not because of, well, we don't know how many deaths were caused because of lockdowns due to suicide, drug overdose, whatever. Those numbers will, will never likely be known. But if you continue this line of thinking, you, they, you're, you're going to, you are responsible for those, uh, you know, what, what they call it, deaths of, um, uh, not consequence, what do they call it? Um, the, the people that died because of the lockdowns and covid measures deaths of despair deaths of despair right uh, all the all the younger teenagers who have committed suicide or who live with depression anxiety now because of what's been going on you know you're if you don't want to admit responsibility for that i get it but we, we've got to move past this like this this is we're done with this um you know this the people who are still holding on to this are about as dumb as people who think that the, that pet psychologists can really talk to their dog <laughs> can really talk uh, i i you know I am I am 100% a, a capitalist and everything. I think, you know, the freedom of people to exchange goods and services. But whenever I see people pay for a pet psychologist, it makes me want to go full communist. Um, but, you know. Um, it, it, in the conclusion of the article, it says numerous studies in the past, including those which were peer reviewed and covered long, larger time spans. And some of which dropped this per, um, this particular piece of medical of meta analysis have showed that non pharmaceutical inventions, including lockdowns, social distancing measures, face masks, and basic hygiene, to be effective at slowing the spread of the virus and, as a result, reducing mortality. of Of what virus? Because pre twenty twenty, you could not find an effective randomized controlled trial that showed that face masks work to worse against the flu or any sort of or, or of um, respiratory virus it's only it's only in in 2020 did we all of a sudden decide that hey face masks were were um, effective at stopping the spread of a virus of a effective stopping of a virus um, that, that's that's a brand new thing like you can go back and look deck you know there's 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 so many studies there's in fact a systematic review which is a collection of all the studies that was um was that came out of China that was sent to the WHO and to the CDC. I have it on my computer. I'd be happy to send it to anybody who wants it. This is, comes out pre pre pandemic that showed they looked at flu, showed no no difference, and in fact that cloth masks were actually worse and actually increased transmission because they get dirty and they're not very good at filtration. But I'm I'm not talking about masks. I'm so done. I I beat that horse to death. Wear one if you don't. Don't wear one if you don't want to, and don't force people force folks to wear one. That's that, that's my position on it forever. Um, but large scale studies about lockdowns, I, I I call that into question. I don't believe that because we've never done this before. We've never shut down the entire world over a over a virus. It's never happened. So I don't know how you can find numerous studies about you know lockdowns and social distancing measures on on a global pandemic. Um, I, I want to say the receipts on that Newsweek. Well, well, if they're going to say that, then they, then they need to give us some receipts. Yeah, they need to show us some receipts. Um, here we go. Similar basic common sense dictates that closing down society for an extended period of time, stopping business activities, and telling people to stay indoors will have a significant economic ramifications, a trade-off that many governments around the world 
um, begrudgingly accepted and some rejected. Yeah, because you don't understand. That debunks your whole argument right there. The state of Florida never shut down. If they're they're running on, hey, it's basic common logic that if you stay inside and social distance that the virus will transmit less and therefore if it transmits less, there'll be less mortality. The state of Florida debunks all of this. I don't even need to see the Johns Hopkins study. I can point to the state of Florida. It never shut down. You can still go to Disney World, Universal, all the beaches. You can do whatever the heck you want in the state of Florida. And you can and you could have done that since what may of 2020 they were completely reopened so this notion that hey it's just common sense jacob okay well then explain the state of florida if it's common sense then or uh, how does new york and how does new jersey which have which have had some of the strictest restrictions how do they have comparable numbers to the state of florida you cannot you can't explain this to me you can't and don't be like, oh, Jacob, the population density of New York City is way worse. Yeah, because New York City has a, has a has a tiny percentage of the entire state of, of of New York. I don't know if you know this or not, but there's 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 way more state than just the island of Manhattan. I don't know if, if folks folks know this or not, but even there, hey, Jacob, you know they implemented the right measures, so therefore their their numbers should be better. That was the whole narrative behind this. Flackman also said in, in the end of this, um, now Johns Hopkins came out and said that there should never be, um, that lockdowns should be completely disregarded as an effective or as, as, as a tool to stop a virus in the future, which of course is, you know, um, heresy. How dare you disagree with, with, how dare you disagree with, with Dr. Science on this? Flackman said, oh, this is so, so rich. He said, smoking causes cancer. The earth is round. And ordering people to stay home, which is the correct definition of a lockdown, decreases disease transmission. None of this is controversial among scientists. A study, a study purporting that to to prove the office to prove the opposite is almost certainly to be fundamentally flawed. Oh yeah, so if you don't come out with 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 my definition and with my outcome, then your study is obviously flawed. Uh, obviously flawed. There, there's there's no way you can come out with a different different. Um, calculation. I like how he, he equates to the earth is round. And, and so because we know the earth is round, therefore um, lockdowns are, are working. And if you disagree with with lockdowns working, it is the same as saying, hey, the earth is flat. <laughs> or that smoking <clears throat> does not cause cancer. In fact, smoking cures cancer. Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. Every this is you know what this is this is that children's book where it's like where it's like everyone I don't like is a Nazi yeah every scientist who disagrees with me is a flat earther I... this is non controversial among scientists okay then explain the great and explain the Great Barrington Declaration how do you explain that thousands of doctors have signed on to the Great Barrington Declaration explain to me. Dr. Scott Atlas, explain to me. Dr. Robert Malone, explain well, to well, me. Uh, duh, they're all flat earthers. Jim yeah, Joe. explain to me Dr. Johnny Anitas from Stanford, who's the head of the epidemiology and public health doctor there. Explain these to me. Johnny Anitas was back in freaking January before we even had a confirmed case of COVID. And he said, there's no reason to lock down. There's no reason. The data is not pointing to this thing being, being as lethal as the Imperial College has said. But you know that if Johnny Anitas had written this story, they would have they would have blamed blame you know blamed him as well. Well, okay. I, so there was that study that came out from the Freedom of Information Act from uh, Britain about the inflated numbers of deaths. Yes. 
So if that proves to be true, and we get a similar report out about what the inflated death numbers were here in America, let's say it was inflated by 10 or 15%, and then we compare and contrast it, so we look at, so we look at the actual death rate from New York, uh, we, we exclude the people that Cuomo killed in the nursing homes. Yeah, because remember, <clears throat> those are still included in a COVID number, remember? Right. So if you get – if you're elderly and you get you get infected because Cuomo put a put a, a, a COVID-positive sick person next to you, um, you're still – you count as a COVID death. And then we actually, you know, uh, uh, change – we look at the numbers about people who were admitted to the hospital with COVID or from COVID. We actually get those real numbers. And we look at it and say, okay, maybe this this wasn't as bad as they said it was, but the, yet they're still going to hold on to the, the 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 lockdown saved us, even though the the death numbers were inflated, the hospital the hospitalization numbers were inflated. Once all the truth comes out about those numbers, we know the hard the the hardcore numbers, and they're still going to hold on to it. When this turns out, maybe it was just a really bad flu season. When we, when we get the actual numbers, they're still going to hold on to it. If it's just a really bad flu season, that, that means, again, they failed. So, <laughs> so they have to inflate the number of deaths and the number of hospitalizations to prove their point. They have to lie to prove their point. Well, even if even if what these people are saying, which, again, again, the fact that you're having to – the fact that you are – the fact that Newsweek is so has, – has, has no integrity that they're going to bring people who – who pushed lockdowns initially to debunk an article or a study about lockdowns is, 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 is beyond brilliant. It's just, oh gosh, the irony of that is just fantastic. But how do you explain countries that come like, like, like the UK, some strict, strict lockdowns, strict mask wearing places like Australia still have COVID. They, they, they can't stop it. Australia is the most locked down place in, in the world and they still can't stop it. People aren't even allowed to leave their homes to exercise. They're allowed to leave their home for like an, like, like, like an hour a day to go, go, go get food. It's the most locked down you can get. And they still have cases. They still have deaths. Or like in Canada, it, 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 the, uh, the, the dictator himself, Trudeau, say that 9 out of 10 uh, Canadians are vaccinated. And they're still having problems with 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 the yes, germ. Yes, it's <clears throat> they're so locked down to the fact that an unvaccinated person is only allowed to go into a, like a Walmart uh, to get medical supplies, and they will be followed by someone making sure they don't go buy food. How does that stop COVID? It doesn't. How, where's the logic in this? I would love to hear from these folks. Okay, where's the logic in that? How is making sure someone only goes to a specific spot in the store prevents the spread of COVID? But if they go to buy a bucket of fried chicken from Walmart or, or they go to buy a pair of socks, that will spread COVID. That spreads COVID. Where's the logic? It's and, all- and why is everyone just okay with allowing people to be followed by government agents or uh, store agents uh, in the store when they're buying food? Why are we just okay with that? Well, it's also- Why are Canadians okay with that? Well, it's- Who thought that was – does anyone think this is a really good idea? No, it's not a good idea. It's stupid. Well, it's also like people just people people just assumed and just just played along with the fact that hey, I'm gonna wear a mask while I'm waiting for my table at a restaurant, and when I'm walking to my table, but once I sit down, then I can then I can I can take it off. Because if you're standing, <laughs> you can spread COVID, but if you're sitting, you can't. People implemented that in like 
It was like, oh yeah, of course this makes a lot. Of course I'll follow. Well, the this science concludes. That... Do you know how many? Do you know how often I would do that? I, I wouldn't. I think that Dave Smith talked about this whenever he was in New York and how they they made they wanted him to do that, and so he just pulled his shirt over his nose and walked to the table. And people were like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Like, what? What? Oh no, my oh. my favorite was when um. Uh, New York decided that they're going to allow businesses to reopen only if they had like restaurants that they had outdoor seating. But it was the problem was it was in the fall and it's cold in New York in the fall. So what they do? They built tents outside, outside. four tents with four walls and a <coughs> roof that's basically being inside. And uh, Larry Sharp was like, what, what, hold on a second. This isn't science. What's the difference between sitting in an enclosed environment like a tent versus sitting inside? There is no difference. There is no science that proves that this but is Joe, safer. But Joe, Dr. Science said, said that it's okay. But he people, gave this approval. But the fact approval. that people were just willing to go along with yes. it, it's like, it's like, no, stop. Stop. This, is, this isn't real. This, well, this, it's like people, I, it's like people who would, who would, sit outside or who would be outside socially distanced and wearing a mask like i saw this all the time this i don't see much anymore but people would be like walking their dog on the side of the road with the mask on just like who are you okay 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 okay, okay, look look who are you protecting and who are you protecting yourself from because i i I really want to people who are riding alone in their car (laughs) with a mask on alone in their car like there's 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 quite literally no one around you are you afraid that you're going to get it from the AC? Like, yes. Get it, get it from the AC. Because remember, cause remember that, that that COVID can can be in the middle of the uh, Georgia air, and then it'll circulate yeah. through the filter of your car, which, by the way, the filter of your car is way better at filtering things than your little um, bedazzled mask that you bought on, on, on eBay. Um, I find that brilliant. So that's the lockdown narrative right now. Um, again, people who still are perpetuating this lockdown – you're down by seven, Bob in the ninth, two outs, and oh yeah, by the way, it's the World Series, and you're down three games to zero. So you have to win the World Series here. It's not looking too great for you. Mariana Rivera's in ninety-eight. Mariana Rivera. It's not looking too great for you right now. I, I, I have to, I have to emphasize that those people that know baseball, uh, you're not winning this game. It's over. And um, once we get one more study, or once this thing is pretty much confirmed, and they're they're not going to be able to because like they can't deny it already. Because it's it's where it's at, but you know I'm giving you I'm, I'm giving you a chance to wave the white flag and to surrender, um, but it's not looking good. And if you're still holding on to this narrative, um, you will be shamed. Um, well, the, so, well, I have no I, again. I I think I have no problem publicly shaming people who still hold on to this narrative because not only is it anti-science and and completely proven wrong, but you're still holding on to the narrative that. Oh, this was the right thing to do because because quote unquote we were valuing lives over the economy. So, again, I'll say this: the the study showed that it only saved zero point two percent of lives, or whatever. So you, I think that Canada equated that to like seventy people. <laughs> so again, and in, in, in the case of the U.S., it's probably a lot more. So it, it was okay. Maybe like like seven hundred. Okay, it, it it was okay to cause three or four generations worth of economic hurt. The largest transfer of wealth from the poor to the wealthy class. Infinite and record high inflation, and the destruction of almost seventy percent of small businesses. Was that worth zero point two percent of lives? 
Remember, that's the argument that you made. I didn't make that argument. Okay, we have we have the numbers now. Was that a was, was that a great trade-off? Or you could come out and say, hey Jacob, you were right about this in the beginning, and I was wrong. I don't want people to say that to me because it's not the way I roll, but we were right. <laughs> we were right from the beginning of this. I said January 2020. I said if you lock down the nation, you shut it down, the economic hardships will be felt for a very will be felt much longer then the virus will be around. I said that back in January, and that was before the show existed. Before the Standing Brothers show was, was, was back up and running again, I said that. Why? Because I know a little something called economics, and I know that well, it's you can't shut down an entire world without feeling economic hardships, and the amount of lives traded, we do not know. Well, I mean, like they say, it's just common sense. It's just common sense, Jacob. It's just common sense. We'll, we'll just shut down for a whole week. That's not a big deal. I, I, I of course, whenever the, the argument of, uh, well, you value the economy more than lives, well, you know, the, the economy is life. The co- yeah, exactly. The economy is life. Uh, it's, it's, as much as people may not want to admit that, it is true. Uh, and I loved the memes of, uh, like, the Earth getting hit by an asteroid and the astronauts in the moon were like, oh, God, the economy. <laughs> it was kind of, it's yeah, because, yeah, because comparing a virus that has an infective um, fatality rate of below 1% for most of the population is the same as a catastrophic, or a, a catastrophic asteroid that would, that would kill a quarter of the population instantaneously. Definitely the same thing. Yeah. Definitely. So... The ongoing story in Canada right now is the um, is the Ambassador Bridge, which we do have some breaking news on that. Um, I do believe the Ambassador Bridge was cleared, but protests are still going on all around Canada. I do know there's a protest that's supposed to be heading towards, I don't know if they're there already, trying to shut down the border between Buffalo and um, Toronto, I believe. Ooh. It was on the east coast of Canada in the United States, so it'll be interesting. But Ottawa is still basically shut down. You can't get anywhere in Ottawa. They were able to, to successfully reopen the Ambassador Bridge. I don't know how in the heck they were able to do that. Um, but I do have some videos I wanted to play, and I do have some righteous anger that I have to get out. And I'm going to keep in mind this is a PG show, so Jacob, you're going to have to just mm, hold on to the rage because I'm going to lose it. So this is all coming from most of Canada has dropped the vaccine requirement, dropped the mask mandates basically caved to, to, to the will of the truckers because um, they're not able to because they're not able, I mean, Ottawa shut down I know that Trudeau had to flee Ottawa in fear of his life um, because of all this so you know that that's fun but they reopened the, the ambassador bridge that's a little disappointing I don't know how the heck they did that I, I always said that really the only way you're going to do that is to move the trucks out one by one and to do so would cause massive arrests and having those truckers not on the road anymore. I know that Gretchen, I know that Gretchen Whitmore of Michigan was talking about using bulldozers to just plow them, yeah, just plow them out of the way. That's how that works. Um, and then they were talking about authorizing the military, which I'm not an expert on, um, on policy and optics, but Having armed Canadian and U.S. military arresting people at the point of a um, M4 rifle, it's not going to look too great um, optically. I think well, that would that would look well, really, really, really isn't bad. It, isn't it funny that whenever Black Lives Matter or any kind of social uh, organization shuts down a road, 
Uh, everyone's hands off. Can't can't say anything. Can't do anything about it. Just let them have their moment, and then we'll like go Chaz. on. A, yeah, let them have like Chaz or Chop. We'll, we'll let it happen. Let it let them get it out. Let them release their wiggles or whatever. And then uh, you know you can't say or do anything about it. But the moment that uh, someone goes, people go against the official official narrative. Uh, oh well, they have to be shut down. We got to send in the military. We yeah. got to you know call a tactical nuclear strike on this. Because, because remember, Chaz and Chop happened during during COVID, and I don't I don't know if they were in Seattle were were following the restrictions and all of the COVID stuff there. But I got a video to play. This is from CBS Evening News, and I I, I just want you guys to listen. Now I'm gonna this video has YouTube has taken away the um, dislikes, but this video has 276 thousand views and only 1,000 upvotes. So I'm guessing that the um, that the ratio on this is probably not very good, but we're going to go ahead and play this for you. And I, and I just want you guys to hear the, the slip of the mask, the little Freudian slip um, that happens in this because it's brilliant. And I'm going to pause and let out a, a silent um, um, bit of anger because this, this kind of stuff boils my blood more than anything. But here we go. I'm going to play this for you guys. And now to some breaking news on that so-called freedom convoy, a Canadian so-called. judge tonight ordering the protesters at... Yeah, again, so-called. So-called freedom convoy. That's not like, that's not their official name or anything, we're, but we're just going to call it so-called because, you know, we have to be objective and... Well, we're, we, well we are journalists. We, we are journalists, definitely. The Ambassador Bridge to end their five-day blockade. It's not clear if or when law enforcement will be sent in to remove the demonstrators. CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports from Detroit on the growing economic impact and the threat of similar protests. Now they're worried about okay, the okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Before, I, before I release my righteous anger... They're talking about the economic impact of shutting down trade. No, yes, there is economic impact from shutting down trade. It's kind of the whole point. It's kind of why they're. That's kind of why they're shutting down the bridge that is responsible for twenty five percent of trade between the two major superpowers or two major um, countries, um, countries in North America. In North America. Um, that's kind of the point. But let's continue. So they've already established this is an economic issue right now. It's in other U.S. cities. Tonight, the five-day Canadian border blockade protesting vaccine mandates is hitting the automakers, costing Michigan workers millions in lost wages and prompting President Biden to raise his concerns with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. This uh, effort has the potential to have a huge impact on workers and the American public. Supply shortages are already forcing production disruptions at auto plants in Canada and several states. The supply chain breakdown has flooded Paul Russo's Detroit area warehouse. These are for automakers that is who correct. can't make cars without it. That's correct. Yeah, without this material, you're not making a car. Um, for those listening to the audio version, or the only version, sorry, <laughs> um, he's looking at a whole bunch of, of um, rolled steel. They have just rolls and rolls of steel that's, you know, pressed and stamped to make car parts. So context. He's got 5 million tons of steel and aluminum that should have been delivered across the closed Ambassador Bridge to Canadian auto plants. How frustrating is this for you as a business owner? I'm throwing my hands up and saying, guys, I can't do nothing. I can't control the border. And it's all costing you money. It's costing us big dollars. Pause, 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 pause. Okay, here we go. Big dollars, big dollars. Here we go. Jacob's going to get mad for a second. $20 bills, not five. CBS is running a piece about a small business owner not being able to move steel across the border, and it's costing him him 
thousands and thousands of dollars in lost wages, and they've already said the, the major auto plants are not able to build cars, and it's causing millions of dollars in lost wages for for their employees. Okay, they've made the argument clear this is an economic issue. Where the holy censored word were you in 2020 when the government locked everybody down and said you can't go to work and shut millions of people down? You were you were nowhere to be found on that economic issue, but because they're protesting the government and protesting vaccine mandates, now you want to get righteous and anger about the little guy? No. Mm. Canceled. I'm going to get canceled if I keep going on this any further, but this pisses me off. That you have Jen Psaki saying, oh, this is a major economic issue. You know, the American people are hurting right now. Oh, yeah. Do you know who's been hurting for I don't know how many decades? Truckers with with mindless mandates and forcing them to wear a mask when they're by themselves in a cabin getting vaccinated when they interact with zero people in their job. Where's 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 their gripes and where was the gripes on the automakers when you forced them to shut down and you were telling people like Elon Musk and Tesla they're not allowed to open when Robert Reich was saying that Elon Musk doesn't care about his employees. Yeah, where was that? Oh, but that was a virus. That's different. So it's it's okay to put people out of work whenever we agree with the narrative, but not whenever they're protesting us. And then you have CBS putting this whole sob piece about this man who's not able to ship things across the border. They didn't ask this man whether or not he agreed with the protests, whether or not he agreed with the vaccine mandates. They just said, are you losing money? Yeah, man, I'm losing money. and I don't know what to do. Oh, so we're supposed to feel bad for the man who can't move across the border. We're supposed to feel bad for the large automakers who can't, who can't, who can't build cars. We're supposed to feel bad for them because, you know, that's the right position to take on all this. And, and, and anybody else out there who's using this argument, you know what? You're... Gosh, you're, you are despicable. If you want to use this argument right now, and then over the entire course of the last two years, you were completely silent on the millions of people who were shut down and who lost everything. Restaurants, small businesses, salons, mom and pop stores, gone. You were silent on all that, and then you were silent on the fact that companies like Walmart, Amazon, Target, all these big box chains that you so claim to hate so much, you, right? You hate you hate Jeff Bezos so much, but you but by golly, if 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 shutting down all of his competition and increasing his stock price and making him the second most richest person in the world and increasing his wealth so much fold for the sake of well, well, Jacob, we got to protect lives. No, sorry, you, you have lost sympathy points for me. You can't use that argument again. You hate these big companies so much. You hate the Fords of the world. You hate the GMs of the world. You hate everybody in the world of these large big box companies. But the moment that it starts hurting their bottom line, they start going to the workers. Well, you know, Jacob, small workers work for Ford too, and they work for GM. Do you think as someone like me who's a shareholder in Ford doesn't, isn't impacted by the fact they can't make cars? Yes, it's a financial interest of mine. I have quite a bit of stock in Ford. But I can still hold that position that, hey, you shouldn't be forcing people to take a vaccine they don't want and forcing them to wear a mask they don't want. If you were so concerned about the workers and so concerned about small businesses, where were you in 2020? Where were you? The virus hasn't changed. It's still here. In fact, it's probably, you could argue, even worse than it was before. We have more cases than we did in 2020. Where, where were you? And you have despicable people who are so dishonest on CBS who are like, oh, it's the, it's the blight of the small worker. 
Oh, we, we, we got to feel bad for them. No. No, that's not how this works. You don't get to, you, 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 you don't, you, 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 you don't get to shut down the world under the geyser of, we have to value lives over the economy to now say, hey, we have to value the economy over lives. No, you, you do not get to switch that. Well, just, just remember about what they said about business owners that refuse to uh, go along with the mandates. Re remember what they called them? Remember they called them, you know, Trump supporters, the yeah. Nazis? Uh, remember they sent they the were all they, they were all of a sudden right wing. R they, everyone's right wing. They sent the goons after them, right? They, they, they sent the police after them. If someone wasn't uh, abiding by the rules, you sent the police after them. Remember, remember how you did that? Remember how you encouraged that? Uh, but but then it was all okay for Nancy Pelosi to go to go get her hair cut in the middle of 2020. That was okay. It was okay for uh, for the movie for the movie industry to continue and let, and let have their uh, you know the, to run their businesses. But right next door, uh, mom and pop shops couldn't run their business because oh well they weren't doing it quote safely. No, no you you can't you can't play this game anymore. Where was the righteous anger when all these politicians broke their own lockdowns? But because truckers who, again, it's not like they're making money from protesting. In fact, most of them are losing hundreds of dollars every single day because they're not out doing their jobs. You know, where's their economic hardship? Oh, yeah, we don't care about them. We only care about the select few people who, we, who, who are directly impacted by the people that are protesting our, our failing narrative. That's who we're mad at. So Canada's falling. The, the COVID restrictions are falling. They're, they're all going away. And fortunately, most of, most of Canada is finally agreeing to this. And wh now, whether it's because they claim, it's because the, the claim they have of, well, you know, the science is changing and we have to adapt with the science. Whether it's that or whether it is um, the fact that, hey, you know, we can't, they've, the, the, the truckers have got us by the balls right now, and we're not able to do anything because seriously, they're really not. They're 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 they're, they're, in, they're, they're in a real bind right now. Um, the fact that in many places uh, the the towing companies are not complying with them because of course why would they comply? They're their customers. <laughs> the truckers are are the customers. I'm sorry. The yes, the the truckers are the customers of the tow. So. If you want to completely destroy any sort of relationship between towing companies and truckers, you comply with the government against the trucker protest. So wisely, they're, they're saying no. There's not much they can do. And as I said, the threat of violence via law enforcement or via the military, uh, it's not looking too good on optics. Now, I did say this, and I alluded to this in an article, and I wanted to say it personally, uh, just for context, make sure there's no confusion. For Americans out there, especially thin, thin blue line people, um, look, look very, very carefully at the police officers in Canada and the police officers in uh, America who are, who are, who are, who are going along with the government and all of this. And you know, I've always said that how how much money would someone have have to pay you? to violate the um, natural rights of peaceful protesters and also just also just, just peaceful people in general. You know, you had a video of, of um, Canadian police that were dragging a um, elderly man out of his truck or out of his, out of his car, his SUV, because he was honking along with the uh, truckers. Arrested. Thrown into the back of a cell. 
Find me a thin blue line argument for that. I, I would love to hear it. B love to. Come on, just, just, just give it to me. I'm ready for it. I won't get one, of course, because there isn't one. There isn't one. Same thing goes with, with the law enforcement in Michigan, the military in Michigan, who are going along with the with the whims of, of a Gretchen Whitmore. Uh, you're not going to find an argument just to defend her. So finally, people are, finding, are calling out Trudeau's BS in all of this. And the, the, the conservative leader of Canada um, had a very viral moment uh, calling him out and basically equating to what this is all really is. The fact that this is all for his ego. <laughs> That's all this is. America is opening up. Can most of Canada is opening up. The UK is open. Switzerland's open. Israel's opening. Denmark's opening. Everyone else is opening. But Canada, for some reason, has to hold on to this to this narrative. Uh, mainly because I think it's I think that she hits it right and on it being Justin Trudeau's ego. Um, so we're gonna watch a little bit, listen to a little bit of this, and then uh, we'll wrap up this episode of this um, angry ranting session. So let's just let's just let's, let's just let's just go ahead and dive right in. Up. Even countries with lower vaccination rates than Canada, provinces are beginning to lift restriction, restrictions and getting life back to normal. Why? Because they're following the science. Canadians are ready to get their life back. But it seems like the Prime Minister wants to live in a permanent pandemic. Dr. Ham, Dr. Tam, Dr. Henry, Dr. Moore, Dr. Hinshaw, Dr. Shahab all agree it's time to shift out of the restrictions and back to normal life. So why is the Prime Minister so offside, not only with the science, but it would seem like with a growing number of his own MPs? The right Honourable Prime Minister. On the contrary, Mr. Speaker, we intend to follow the science and are working closely with Dr. Tam and other public health officials uh, to ensure that we get through this pandemic as best we possibly can. And that has been through vaccinations. The fact that 9 out of 10 Canadians have gotten vaccinated is one of the reasons why we're able to get through this, is why uh, we've been able to prevent our health systems from being completely overrun. Vaccinations are the one, the thing through this. That's why we're continuing to encourage Canadians to get vaccinated. Uh, why, unfortunately, the Conservatives are, are against vaccination is, quite frankly, the wrong <laughs> The conservatives are against vaccination because they say that nine out of ten people have gotten vaccinated. Okay, that, that brilliant, brilliant, solid logic, solid logic, brilliant move. Very difficult. The honorable leader of the opposition. Well, the science and the evidence is just simply not on the prime minister's side. Many of the reasons previously used to keep Canadians under restrictions are vanishing before our eyes. Other countries are opening up. Provinces are opening up. As he just said, 90% of Canadians have the vaccine. The Prime Minister needs to put his ego aside. He needs to do what's right for the country. He needs to end the mandates. He needs to end the restrictions. He needs to listen to his own caucus. Will he do that? The right Honourable Prime Minister. Canadians have made it through this pandemic better than many other places because Canadians stepped up. They were there for each other. Uh, their government had their backs. We worked closely uh, with provincial and territorial leaders. Every step of the way, we kept focusing on vaccinations, on public health supports, on business supports. It's allowed us through. And Canadians are continuing to get vaccinated. 60,000 Canadians got vaccinated with their first dose just last week. 
We are continuing to make sure Canadians get vaccinated because this is how we get through this pandemic. So it goes on to, it goes on to talk about um, the fact that, well, right now, 90% of people are vaccinated. And then the conservative leader asks, well, what number are you shooting for? Because if a 90% is not good, are you waiting for 100% of people to get vaccinated? Um, which is honestly where I think they're headed. I, I don't, I think that, you know, you have, you know, the opposition party, which is, you know, not a small group of people in Canada. Um, and most, most people in the liberal party are agreeing that this, this all needs to end. It's silly. It needs to end. 90%. Canada has like, like the second or third highest vaccination rate in the, in the country. In the world. Oh, sorry, in the world. Sorry. What, what more do, do you want? Like, if vaccination is, is the way out of this, 90%, like, were, were you expecting 100 people, 100% of people to take this? Like, even even the people that are still holding on to this to this dying fad, you know what, I'm, I'm calling the COVID narrative a fad now, because it, it really is. I'm, it's, it's a dying fad. Did you expect everyone to, 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 to take this? Like, seriously? Even I knew a lot of people would take it, but I, I, I always knew that 100% of people were not going to take it. That always, that always baffled me and confused me. But rightfully so, and I think that this, is, this might be one of the factors why you might see some places not open up or not end the restrictions, even, even though they've, they've met their arbitrary uh, metrics. Remember how Fauci said it was supposed to be like 60% or like 50% of people need to be vaccinated before we could reopen, and then all of a sudden it was 60, and then it was 70, and then now, well, it's 80-something now? Remember how the goalpost just keeps moving based on the fact that, hey, the, the, the virus is still here, even though we have, even though we've, we've reached our threshold of vaccination status, uh, we got to push it back because the vaccine's not, it's not working as, as well. Uh, I, I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious. And the fact that Canada, Canada, out of all places, is, is reopening and trying to get back to normal. Um, Whereas some places here in the U.S., and if you would listen to the mainstream media, if you listen to the CDC director, if you'd listen to Dr. Fauci, well, you know, we're still in the trenches of this thing. Um, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. we got to stay vigilant. <clears throat> to stay stay vigilant for, for the common, from for, for, for what most people will experience, just a common flu. Stay vigilant. Uh, yeah, some righteous anger about that. Because it, 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 it's warranted. 100% warranted on this front. And... Uh, I think I think honestly, I'm I'm cutting this. I'm cutting it off now. This this dying fad it it needs to be retired, just like the, just like um the flat Earth model, and just like the ether theory. It, it needs to be retired. It's a it's an old fad. There's no evidence to support that these lockdowns work. If you're still waiting for for Dr. Fauci to bring the paper, said ah, it worked. See, told you I was right. Um, you're. Again, you got Mariana Rivera and you got two outs. So, <laughs> sorry, buddy. It's not looking too hot for you. Uh, I am... That C that CBS video just threw me over the edge. I think I almost threw my phone when I watched it Saturday morning because I was so just... Oof. Angry. Because it really does. And it really goes to show that these people... These, these, these people never cared about the um, lives. They never cared about the economy. They only, they only insert victimized group whether it be sick people when the pandemic started or struggling economic people whenever the economic whenever the economy struggling they answered whoever they can do to to forward their narrative 
And once you see that, you can really put aside any sort of argument that, that they want to put forward. Because that's really all it is when you boil it down. I agree. <clears throat> I concur 100%. Do you have any final things you want to no, say to the I people? Think that, that's, uh, I, think, I think that's a good Did point. I say enough for, uh, for both of us? I think so. I think it's a good good place to end it right there. Well, folks, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Episode one. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to be a Joe Biden. It's episode one, one, number uh, one. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, episode 100. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, yeah. Uh, the, the thing. I like the... Uh, Anyway, <laughs> watching that old man, uh, there's a great there's a great little bit that um, Andrew from uh, Don't Walk Run Productions always does. Whenever he like sees Biden struggling to speak, he goes 81 million votes, everybody, 81 million votes, <laughs> the most popular president in U.S. history, guys. Uh, hope you doesn't matter if you kept the res- don't matter if you kept the receipts because there's no returns accepted. <laughs> hope you're happy with them. Uh, yeah, the world's going to heck and back. But I think each day we're getting a little, little bit better. And we have some things to laugh at. So that's always good. Laughter is key. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed what you listened to and you enjoyed the, the incoherent PG-rated uh, rantings of two, of, of two morons, you can, um, you can support these two morons by, by going to the um, Patreon page. Join the website. Five bucks a month gets you early access to episodes a day early. That's pretty cool. You can also can support us, which I mean, isn't that enough? Yeah. Um, you also can buy a T-shirt at, a t- at our Teespring store. You can follow my writings at libertyoverdrive.substack.com. And I think that's gonna be just about it, guys. We are approaching um, the 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 midway point of February. Today is Happy Valentine's Day. So if those of if those of you out there that celebrate Valentine's Day, um, I, what do you marry Valentine's Day? Have a great have a great V Day. What do you? What do you? I don't know. Like, there's there's no like Christmas cheery thing. Usually, usually my Valentine's Day consists of um, listening to Prince on vinyl, which is probably what I'll do tonight. Because um, yes, it's exactly what you do. Um, Super Bowl was last night. Very forgettable. In fact, um, I watched five minutes of the Super Bowl. I watched more of the halftime show, uh, mainly because I just I just don't I, I don't I don't care. So much so that we were at church. And they were like, "Hey, you watching the big game?" And honestly, I had to take a double take because I thought someone was talking about talk, talk about the the, the um, like um, like um, hockey game the night before. So I, I I had no idea what they're talking about. But I guess if you enjoyed the sports ball of the Super Bowl, then you hopefully it's a good game. And hopefully, if your team won, you're uh, cheerful. And if your team lost, well, we all feel we all feel your pain. I, I just don't. I don't watch football. I I guess I was. I'm so out of it that uh, I asked. You know, who has the best guy that throws the ball? And they said it was um, what's his face from that from the other team, from that team, from that team. And I said, oh, okay, oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, you I, know, I, I, just, I, I uh, the 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 uh, my advice to the teams was is that don't make any critical mistakes. Yeah, that's that's not a bad. Uh... That was my advice to the uh, to the to the teams. Don't make that's any, honestly not a bad. Don't make any critical mistakes, otherwise you might lose. Uh, which you could say that about you know just about any sporting event, any sporting team. <laughs> it's true. That is very very true. So well, we'll see you guys um, later on in the week. I wanted to talk about the Super Bowl because I I, I, did, I did watch the halftime show, and you know how you know how I'm a critical. Um, music nerd when it comes to music so maybe I'll talk about that next episode perhaps but 
Until then, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to leave a five-star rating. Give us a five. I'm a five-star man. Give us a five. Give us a, give us a ten, Joe, a ten. And be sure to share this with your friends, even on the dreaded social media, which, you know, I am there's slowly but surely I'm convincing people to get off. And I have I've got some people that I am working with. And slowly but surely, I think that it is our righteous crusade. I think it is the crusade of my of my lifetime is to get people off of that. And I saw some righteous anger out of you last night when the whole metaverse commercial came on. Oh, man. It's just so bad. And it's, then there's it's, the... It's so creepy. How can you not look at that? This is, this is just a little creepy. How can you not say that? And then they had the Salesforce commercial where it was just like, hey, guys, get off of the metaverse and let's enjoy planet Earth or something like that. And you like stood and clapped or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a righteous crusade. But you can share our podcast. It's not going to like spontaneously combust when it goes on your timeline or whatever. But we'll see you guys on Friday. Have a great week. Do something cool as per always. And as always, Hi. thanks for listening. And thanks for listening.